So you open the bottle. So you, okay, so you, you pop the bottle of wine, open the cork, pour yourself one glass, half a glass, how many glasses? Like at least one glass. Okay, sure one glass. It. What's the most you've ever done in this situation? Like one and a half. One and a half glasses. You drink that glass. Yeah. And then what do you do with the rest of the bottle? I dump it. You dump the whole bottle. I dump the bottle. Because? Because it's, it's not good anymore. I don't think that's true. I feel like it's not. I don't think that's true. And I don't like it enough. Like, I I drink it for the sole purpose of, of this podcast. Just getting a little bit of alcohol in your system. Yeah, because it makes me a, a better person. I get, and they are... And they are old free bottles that were gonna end up in the trash anyway yeah so i'm like i open this okay dump but you but you do no because you can keep wine you can recork it and it'll be fine but i don't have any of the like fancy gadgets that wine drinkers use that's a mid- and i i feel like once air touches wine it starts to oxidize and go bad but you are no but you're supposed to aerate wine we should call your mom. And like you, you're supposed to, like they say, like thirty minutes in the bottle, ten minutes in the glass. We should call your mom and to ask. aerate the wine to let the tannins. Um, your mom's go, probably go away. like one glass deep right now. We should when she's listening to it <laughs> in this moment. In this moment, and when she's yeah, but probably <laughs> you have to aerate it because you have to wait for sulfides. Tannins, something bad to go away. I think, and those are the things that give you bad wine hangovers. You're supposed to aerate it. You are supposed to aerate it. That makes it but, better. But, but you can. Good wines don't have sulfate, sulf, sulfates, sulfides. So maybe it's the tannins that go that need to be gone, gone away with. I could be totally wrong. I have no idea. No, I think you are true about that. I don't know like anything. good natural wine. I know a lot sulfides. about beer. I and, know nothing. And it's pretty much the same thing. I know nothing about wine. No. So different. So how many bottles have you dumped so far? One per episode? Yeah. <laughs> so there's been three, right? Yeah, this is the third episode. Yeah. There was like six bottles. No, there was like four bottles of wine. Okay. When, then... when we moved in, there were a bunch of very old... Uh, By very old, we mean like max five years. Yeah. Old. Which is old, but like... Yeah. Not, not like 20. Not, probably not going to drink them ever, bottles of wine and liquor yeah and when we're about to record izzy just takes whatever she can get i guess i mean i'm not gonna go buy alcohol for this for one glass yeah that's just silly i just didn't know that you were just going one glass and i got rest of this down the drain yeah i just i'm I'm not gonna drink it again this this rosé i might save because it's not like horrible Uh uh-huh that's good but Honestly, before having this conversation, I would have just dumped it. But now you've kind of made me feel bad, so I'm like, maybe I'll save it. <laughs> I yeah, uh, I don't know. Do we even leave this in? Does this paint us in like a terrible, wasteful light? And no, I don't think so. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Wait, what? Jack, it's gonna is not available. At the tone, please record your message. Hello, callers. Welcome to We Will Call You Back. We really tried this time, which is a lie. 
but it fe- it's trying to soften the blow that we again have missed your call. And we're going to call you back. That's what we're doing right now. This time around, we were busy when you called, wiping up the orifices of an English bulldog named Babs. If you hear what sounds like a low grinding, that is Babs snoring in the corner. I was going to say like a, a pot of mac and cheese being stirred. But that's more when she's eating. Right now, she's just snoring. You don't get no slurps. But they might. If she wakes up and just and I don't, I don't want them there. to get the wrong idea. Like, what are they doing behind those mics? <laughs> Whoa, what the fuck? So be be prepared, be prepared for that as well. If she wakes up and starts uh, slurping or eating something, you will hear what sounds like dropping an octopus, a, a dead octopus, down a flight of stairs, or like as he said, stirring a pot of mac and cheese. But like instead of like little little noodles, it's like a pot of mac and cheese with only seven big ass mac and cheese noodles in it. That's what it sounds like when she eats. She does. She's a disgusting dog. That's I mean, kind of what she looks like too. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. We do love her. I don't want to paint her. In, I don't want to. I know. No, we absolutely love her. I don't want to besmirch her to you guys, but she is. Um, gross it's like when you're like you were so gross but i love you yeah that's exactly how i feel about jack yeah and she's oh my god (laughs) the same as you feel about babs yeah don't get a bulldog if you can't handle a like seven step skincare routine because that's what i have to do every you gotta wipe in those folds yeah do dogs go through the like scanner when you go through an airport like where you put your bags in like a bin or where you get scanned like service dogs? Yeah. Because yeah. well, I'm wondering when you walk through like where TSA is, they they scan yeah. the dog. They but even metal. they pat them down. For metal though, right? I'm yeah. just wondering if I was taking Babs through an airport, could I smuggle drugs in her folds? Oh, got it. Like could I take <laughs> could I take Percocet one by one and thumb each pill into her folds and get her through the security? You know, Honestly, that might be, like, a reasonable idea because I bet if the, like, airport security dogs were, like, sniffing drugs on another dog, they'd be like, you're just distracted by the dog, even though they're not supposed to be. I mean, the handler would know the difference between sniffing a dog and marking drugs. I don't think I'd go – but I also have never seen the dogs at an airport. I don't know as much for, like – airport security dogs or just security dogs in general i know for like police canines it's just like the funding for what they're doing isn't really going directly to um that training and also like you know this but with dog training you can send 50 dogs to the best like police canine academy in the world but if the police that are handling those dogs don't know what they're doing then that training doesn't yeah it's completely null and void yeah yeah, that so it's, it's hard to do both and maintain balance in both and have 100% accuracy with what they're doing. Huh. I never thought about it that way. This is going to turn into a dog training podcast. <laughs> oh, I, w- I won't let it. I know I would like it. I know I would like it too, but I think for your sake, I won't, I won't let it. Yeah. But if you guys have your dog, uh, your dog, dog training questions, ask Izzy. Yeah. She knows the stuff. She does it professionally. Just so everybody knows, if just to give everyone context, this is our third attempt to record this episode. The first two have not gone so well. I'm really hoping this is going to go well. Yeah. I think, I think everything's set up how it's supposed to. We don't know what we're doing. 
but we're giving it our best. And right now, right now, our first our first call is actually a follow up from last episode. If if some of many of you hopefully will remember last episode, we talked about furries and fursuits, and because someone asked us for fursuit inspiration, and we had some questions, and they followed us, they followed up with us, and they called us back, playing a little bit of phone tag with uh, Robbie, our resident fursuit expert. And they gave us a little education. They also um, said, let me read this for you. So they did mention, they said they said that they're probably going to the next fursuit they're going to make. The next fursuit they're going to make is going to be either an antler bear or a skull rat. I don't know if that's one fursuit or two separate ones. Either way, it's, it sounds pretty sick. And it kind of exactly what I was hoping for. And they said, if Izzy has any interest in overcoming her internalized fur phobia, I'd be happy to send the finished suit along when it's done. This is joking, by the way. Hearing Izzy poke fun at the furs made me giggle. Robbie, are you joking just about ribbing Izzy? Or are you also joking about sending her a fursuit? Because I need to know if that is on the table. Would you put it on? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, like we were when we read this, we were so excited. But as we kept going, we were like, we don't know what he actually meant here. So let's take it down a notch before we get too excited. Um, but yeah, absolutely, I would wear it. Yeah, I'm not gonna say our hopes are up for receiving a fursuit because that's a huge time investment and money uh, yeah. investment they'd be giving to us. But absolutely. it would be pretty cool. Be pretty cool. And it would help you get over your internalized furphobia. Yeah. As they call it. Yeah. That's brave of you to go through that process. I'm willing to take one for the team. Proud of you. Yeah. I'm willing to be selfish and wear it by myself just for me. <laughs> they go on to educate us because we had questions about it seems that there are people in the fur community that that, that engage in fursuiting in a sexual manner for sexual pleasure. And then there are people in the fursuit community that get upset about Others assuming that fursuiting means a, there's a kink involved. The way the way Robbie explained it to us is like, imagine if you're a clown and you love being a clown, you're passionate about it, and you do parties, you're a great clown. But some people found out that there's a couple clowns that have a balloon kink, and now they assume you also have a balloon kink. And it, it tokenizes your passion for your love of the sport, your love of the game, and it and it and it yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, kind of kind of undercuts your your ability. You're just like, yeah, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. That would, that may have been the worst couple of seconds of commentary on a podcast ever. I just did. <laughs> yeah, that's no guys. Yeah. So that, I'm I get it. You understand. Yeah. Robbie also let us know that the people in here that that do engage in fursuiting for sexual pleasure and for like engaging in kink are referred to, referred to as mersuiters. I don't know exactly, like, I would think it would be, like, mature suitors or something. Like, maybe, do you think mer is from the word mature? I think that was my first thought. And then I my second... I think that was my first thought. Yeah, and then my second thought was mermaids suitors, and uh, then I realized yeah. that that has no place here. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But apparently, it's far back in the 1970s, a lot of, like, furry events were seen as, like, 18-plus events for like-minded people with shared kinks for the suits to get together. But nowadays, the age range has shifted younger, and so almost all fur events are an all-ages thing. 
and that it's more so highlighted instead of a kink thing, it more of a safe space for a lot of people in marginalized communities, like people of color and, and people who have disabilities and queer people and neurodivergent people. And I think they, I think Robbie even said veterans that take solace in their fursona, which is one of my favorite words. It's perfect. So. You know, I was kind of curious too, like how far back the premise of furries can be traced to because like there as in like anthropomorphized stuff or like a person in a suit no not a person in a suit specifically like the the community of like <laughs> like people dressing up as animals and and just creating like community with each other in some context or even it, just but, like hobby wise but that is a person in a suit yeah but i'm what i was getting to is like there are um like, have you seen those super old photos of, like, the Easter bunny yeah. posing with, like, children on, yeah. you know, whatever, Easter Sunday? And it's just the most And it's terrifying. Costume. Like, I wonder if, you know, way back then when people were still making these, like, animal costumes, even though they're, like, you know, different from what they are now, if there was any communities like that of people that were dressing up and they didn't have the name furries yet or maybe they did i wonder what the i wonder what the earliest was that's what i, I mean back like, in the 20s they were called they were called like anthro anthro bunnies i'm talking back like caveman days um, i don't know about <laughs> cave well caveman days they basically just were <laughs> they basically they, they, they kind of were they were at the halfway point so they were they were as as crystalline and pure form of fursuiting as they, possible yeah they were they, they were literally had pelts humans. they had <laughs> plain humans uh, yeah, those fursuits would be disgusting and scary. Caveman? Like medieval fursuits would just look like a golden doodle standing on its hind legs. That's what golden doodles look like now. That's what I'm saying. So it would not be nearly as inviting as these Doodles? modern day furries with the big bright eyes and the fun colors and the expressive the expressive mask. Yeah. The doodles look like a person, a person in a, in a fur a, dog yeah. suit. Scary looking at, and, but they're trapped. It's their eyes. It, yeah, it seems like they, they were. Got, they were. They like, got cursed in a past life. Yeah, it was like. Or this like, is it's their like punishment. A, it's like a very niche underground, like Slovakian horror film about a guy that was like, his voice was taken away from him, and then he was like permanently sewed into a fur. I feel like there. I am talking about a. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, a movie like, and then that. like, it's a big like white dog, isn't it? I don't know. It's like a girl who goes on a date with a guy and then she goes back home with him and she meets his dog who's a guy in a suit and then the guy in the suit yeah. and the girl are alone and the guy in the suit is like, help me please. And then he comes back what? That and is like a movie. discovers them and then like sews the girl into a suit as well and makes them both be their dog, be his dog. That reminded me. I think when it's called I... Good Boy or something. No, Good Boy is a completely different movie. It's a children's movie. Okay. <laughs> Let's not mix those two up. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me when I first started at the company I work for, I was mentoring under my current mentor and uh, she was telling me that there's like a running bit with our company that the first person to get hired <laughs> for a job and they show up and it's a, like a man in a dog costume because <laughs> that like would happen in the Bay Area. Yeah. I forgot what the, the prize was. It I'm pretty was, sure I've met It was like $5,000 or something. Do you think they – hold on. I think it, they would actually. They would pay out. I think so. Do you like, think if we it could genuinely happen? Well, what if we make it seem like a genuine? No, because I feel like it would. It would be way too easy to 
to, to track down. You come on. Is that for, could they sue us for that? Like, <laughs> do you think they could sue us for fraud or something? Probably. That's and bad. I think that they would. That's a ridiculous court case. <laughs> could you imagine? I can take that to Judge Judy. Yeah. She would just make fun of us. Yeah. Judge Judy is mean nowadays. She is. Have you seen recent clips of her? I've watched the entire new seasons of Judge Judy. She's it's not, not called that anymore. It's called like Judy or something. Just the one word? Yeah, because she switched. Uh, it's very hip rebranding. Yeah, it's technically not the same. <laughs> because show. she got disbarred. And she. <laughs> so it's not, it's not Judge anymore. It's just, yeah, this is Judy and she just, uh, she just tells you if you're right or wrong. That's really funny. And it's just based off whether or not she thinks you're cool. You should do a, like a Judge Judy TikTok bit. I would have to watch some episodes to to find out what I'm making fun of. Oh, like when just we were doing ask Gossip me. Girl. I've watched all of them. Yeah. I can tell you everything. She has a very, very hard stance on dogs. Like, she um, absolutely hates pit bulls. Like, if a person oh. comes in with, like, an issue with a pit bull, it doesn't even matter what the case is. She is against the pit bull owner. That's awful. She, like, absolutely hates pit bulls. Is Judge Judy a bad girl? Well, Let me like say that differently. Is Judge Judy, like, a piece of shit? Uh, <laughs> is Judge Judy a bad be. girl? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, she's like super, super, super hardcore against uh, pit bulls. Is she racist? I mean, I lady? think most people that are like that, like big against pit bulls, saying that they are also like, have a connection to being like in the fucking like yeah, Mexican dogs because yeah, it is a you know internalized racism. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. She's also probably seen a lot to, like, give her that opinion. I thought you were going to say she's she's also probably senile. (laughs) I mean, yes. She's, like, 90. She's old. When do you think she'll die? 2026. 26? Yeah, that's two years from now. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. (laughs) (laughs) You good? I reacted like you were, like... Two thousand two hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> okay, yeah, two thousand twenty-six. I think that's a fair estimate. That gives her two years, two more years to retire. Did Robbie give us any other furry information that we need? Yeah. Oh, no. Robbie let us know that some of these mer suitors that fuck in the suits had the suits have built-in junk. Does that mean that one suit has a prosthetic penis and one suit has a prosthetic orifice, and so neither of the humans in the suits are actually receiving any sort of stimulation? Or is the built-in junk, the prosthetic penis, going into the suit into the person in the suit, and it's just like a strap-on situation? Or is it there's a kink, like my kink is for the suit's fucking, I don't need to be getting serviced right now i just want to be a part of these two suits engaging sexually so there's a there's a prosthetic furry pussy oh man (laughs) the older i get the less i like the word pussy i have a hard time saying it sometimes yeah and it's bad like working at the sex shop like there'll be like a new hire and like a big red flag is that they don't use any sort of professionalism when talking to a customer so people like, so they'll be like, yeah, that one goes in your pussy. Like, th- like this one is for, like, a pussy, and, like, this one's for an asshole. And it's like... That's, like, bad. It's so jarring. That's really... It's so jarring. Like, that is, like, such a huge strike against you. Like, 
if you do that, you will get talking to immediately. Like you have to use different language. You have yeah. To use internal versus external, you know, or if you really need to say something that is like about anatomy, like vaginal, anal, oral, like, yeah. like you have to. And if they still don't, if they just don't, if they lack that ability to do that, like you are close to getting fired because they're like, that can't happen. Yeah. It's so, so jarring. That's, that's really rough. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Well, I guess, yeah. I guess, I guess Robbie will need another follow up. Yeah. I'll keep Robbie on a short list. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's just none of our business. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit we should stop. <laughs> Don't want to get to a tokenizing place. But either way, Robbie, thank you so much for calling us back after we called you back and we just called you back again. Thank you for calling us back. All right. This one is from Summer. And she says, hi, Jack and Izzy. I love you both so very much. I would just like to hear about Izzy's experience with her iconic sleep talking. Does she remember any of it? What's her reaction like when she hears about them? Does she have any favorites? Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Summer. Thanks, Summer. Thanks for calling. Does she have any fa- favorites? Um, She being you. <laughs> I think I don't because honestly, I don't even really remember them right now. Besides the ones that I've told you happened. Like... Like, I just, I don't remember the ones that you told me. Like, they really have to stand out for me to, like, really log them. What I'm surprised that you haven't talked about, like, on your TikTok, and maybe you just haven't really experienced it, is, like, my sleep laughing. Because oh, I've that's, that. that's what's the most, like, jarring and funny for me, is that I will wake myself up at, like, 3 a.m. hysterically laughing in my sleep. And I'll be laughing so hard that I lose my breath and, like, I can't breathe. And then it wakes me up and I'm still laughing. Dreaming about me. And I only, like, it's very rare that I remember what I'm laughing about. Uh-huh. Um, but when I do remember, it's something, like, really stupid. Yeah. Like, it's I remember, just something absurd in your dream. I vividly remember one of them, which was, like, an animated frog rubbing its belly. <laughs> and I was, like, crying. That's great. I was That's a really good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Like I thought it was so funny, and I was I just like <laughs> like frog rubbing its belly. <laughs> um, yeah, I was laughing so hard, um, and so I'm surprised Jack hasn't talked about that because I think those are kind of the best. But I guess there isn't much to say about it. Those ones are a little hard to illustrate in a yeah. video, but I have definitely had them happen with you asleep in my arms. Yeah, and you go, <laughs> and I try to get in there. Because when I know like when I know the veil is thin, you know, and yeah. that you're asleep, but you're it's thin enough for me to like get in there and talk to you. So I try and ask you what's so funny, and usually you kind of either keep laughing, or there's times where you'll be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, what's funny? And you'll just be like, oh. <laughs> get so so pissed in your yeah. unconscious state. You're not in on the joke. You have wide mood swings when you're unconscious. Yeah. Like you'll go from like, I'll say something sweet to you. And you're like, oh, like you'll make your little sweet noise. And then I'll, I don't know, say something else or or move away or have to move you for something. And you'll be like, <laughs> like one of those thwomps in, a, in Mario. You know, the big blue blocks that are called thwomps and they go, 
yeah, like that. You make that noise. Yeah. You have a you have a very you have a very active sleep life. Yeah. I don't like for a long time until, you know, maybe until kind of recently, I didn't remember any dreams if I dreamt at all, which I didn't. Yeah. Um because I woke up so often. And I still wake up but just not quite as much. And then in between waking up, my sleep is deeper. So I know I am dreaming again, but I almost never remember them. Mm-hmm. But you like, you have a much more active subconscious when you're asleep. Uh, but, but even that is like compared to the average person, like I remember like one dream a week, if that. Maybe if you wrote them down, you'd have a lot because you're always. Dreaming. I like. I think you dream. Like remember your dreams more than I do. Like I, and my I never have like vivid long stories of a dream. It's always like quick little snapshots of like. Last night's was pretty long and vivid of a story. No, but like when I explained it, it was long and vivid. But when it happened, it was like ten seconds. Like that wasn't a long dream. Oh wow. It was like a very, very quick, like, like if you fast forwarded through a 30 second clip, that's how long my dream was. Are you going to tell them what it is? I had a dream that I beat up my grandma. (laughs) 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 Which was horrible. That's a a bad, (laughs) you're mad, you wake up laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a bad dream. Um, But yeah, I don't have a super like vivid dream imagination. It's very rare that I have like how much um how much sleep paralysis have you gotten? Recently, like not a lot. But in life. Oh, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Was there a time when it was like at its worst? Um worst. when I first started taking my like medicine. Uh-huh. When when that first started, it was like every night. Oof. Do you like I was dating you? Is when I would uh Yes. It was probably a year and a half ago. Yes, and it would happen and then there would be like because I would leave late at night and so then like my like my interaction with the door, my leaving or returning would like in like inform your sleep paralysis, like you would think I was coming back or something. Yeah. I don't really know what was going on, but it was like a nightly thing. I would wake up like from a nightmare or sleep paralysis. And then I would fall back asleep and go into, like, the same situation. And it would just be, like, a cycle yeah. for, like, five hours of the night. You get really unlucky with that. Like, when yeah. you wake up from your bad dreams, when you go back to bed. I like, go right back You almost on. always go right, hop right back in. Yeah, I've learned that. just waiting there for you. <laughs> I have to, like, get up and walk around and then go back to yeah, sleep. I can't just, like, yeah. Do you, do you have a specific memory of what your sleep paralysis, like, apparition is? It's never – well, I've told you, I don't dream of, like, faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so when there's, like, a figure in my dream, it is just, like – The idea, like, you like know you shape. know what it is. Yeah, but there's – I don't ever see, like, a face in my dream. I just, yeah. like, know, oh, this is – but but when it's sleep paralysis, when it's sleep paralysis, it's the same thing. I don't, it's usually just like a shadow. The most vivid, um, like nightmare I've ever had was when I first started taking that medication, and I woke up from a dream, and I like actually it wasn't a dream. It was like a, the hallucination, like nightmares, mm-hmm. where I like opened my eyes and I saw a woman standing in front of me. Oof. 
That was the most like vivid thing I've ever seen. Can you can you remember what she looked like? It was like a very the reason I wasn't super spooked by it was because like just waking up I was like this is so stereotypical that I know it's not real. It's like a woman with like long black hair and a white dress. <laughs> You're like, and I was like, this like, is fake as fuck. This is I am so hacked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't yes. even come up with an original. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one time I ever had sleep paralysis, it was too dark in the room to make out like a figure a lot like i could like see like or at least you know thought i saw you know what i mean like the a little bit of an arm and a little bit of like where a body was but the room around was so dark that there was no like no light for like something to play with for my brain to put something there so it was just like one of those things that thing in the dream where you're like there's no you have no like evidence in the dream for something, but you know it. Yeah. Like I remember in a dream once I um there was this big hill and there is all this like a bunch of these like knights, like knights in shining armor type knights, yeah. like full metal armor. But the all the armor was like brightly colored, like metallic pinks and purples and stuff. Um, and a bunch of them like running up and over this hill. And in my head, I knew that each and every one of them was a pedophile. But there's no like there's no way for me to know that from just looking at yeah. them from far away. But in the sleep paralysis, I knew like there is a person like walking towards me. Yeah. And then the worst part was like so, I, you know, I'm sleep paralysis out. There's a, someone in my doorway, and then they start walking towards me, and I'm trying to you know bust out, trying to wiggle my fingers, trying to move my foot, and then right as like right as the the figure is standing right next to my bed, I managed to move my foot and my foot touches what I thought was the figure right where the figure was standing what I couldn't see there was a spinny chair Mm -hmm. like a like a spinny office chair and so my foot touched it and because it's a like spinny chair it moved so then that like confirmed physically in the physical realm what my mental thought was happening was I my foot touched the what something where the figure was and then that, you know, physical feedback moved the way the figure might have. Yeah. It's like I couldn't like keep poking it and be like, oh, that's obviously a bookcase. It moved. So I was like, that is a real person standing right there. And I got like locked back in for a sec. Yeah. That's spooky. And in my head, it was Max. I thought it might be Max. That was probably your brain trying to like comfort you. Yeah. Like it was, it was, I was torn between this is a, a, a bad thing and this is just Max. Yeah. Even though I have a history of watching Max sleep, not the other way around. That's funny. Max is the, he, when he walks into my room, at least when he, you know, would growing up, he, and I was asleep, he never once did it quietly. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him. He just would forget. And he would like say like, oh, sorry. Like it didn't, (laughs) like it didn't occur to him that I'm asleep in here. And he would just like open the door as loudly as possible. Like, slam on the fucking door handle and whip it open and i wake up and i'm upset and he's like "Ooh," and i'm like how did that this is the outcome how did you not know this was coming that's really funny he just wouldn't it wouldn't occur to him for some reason (laughs) he just could not open a door quietly if i was asleep in a room do you have any opinions on my sleep talking shut up yeah no i like when you sleep talk it happens less now because we spend less time with me fully awake and you on your way to sleep. Oh, yeah, totally. 
because the, the the prime time for sleep Izzy sleep talking is. Oh, well, like, I go to bed after you now. Yeah, like every single night. You're 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 reading. Yeah. The closest I get is early in the morning, is yeah. like saying things to you and you responding, even though I know you don't remember. This is the first I'm hearing. <laughs> like I think recently I I asked you I was like do you know did you know all the dogs love you and you were like mm-hmm. and I was like do you love all the dogs and you were like a little bit insulted by that you're like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like because they love you too and you go mm-hmm. and so I just will say things to you to get your yeses and nos even though I know you're not gonna remember them. I would love to hear if people wrote in about their dreams, like a short, quick, little, like, scary dream or yeah. funny dream or something. I would love to. Or just, like, what does this dream mean? Yeah. Because I really like oh, we'll trying, to, analyze to, yeah, trying to interpret dreams. Yeah, right? we'll definitely analyze some dreams. My super big on that, and so I am also very big on that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's a good prompt. Yeah. Write it down, ladies and gentlemen, folks. Summer rain, thanks for calling us. We called you back. Hope you liked it. Goodbye. Because the world is run by the man. What? The man? You don't know the man? He's everywhere. In the White House, down the hall, Miss Mullins. She's the man. Keep going. No, it's okay. What was that from? School of Rock. Oh. Oh. I know that you said, like, I'd love to hear a monologue from you. (laughs) So I started. We'll we'll keep going then. No, it's okay. All right. You should do one of those TikToks where you, like, speak along with the movie because you can do all of School of Rock. Yeah, that's true. Definitely the songs. Would you do, like, a School of Rock song for karaoke? Yeah. Nice. Karaoke's scary. Yeah. Karaoke's really scary. Have I told you the one time I did karaoke? Yeah. Every time we talk about karaoke, you say, did I tell you the one time I did karaoke? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell them. It was my it was my 21st birthday, and I've never been a drinker. Like, I just have never been – I've just never liked alcohol, really, and especially not when I was 21. And so I was uh, – it was during the summer. My birthday is June 20th, so it was during the summer between first and second year of acting school. I stayed in the town that I went to school in. Um, to be a part of this, like these, uh, this summer, uh, like Shakespeare festival. And so no one was in town. So I was, there was very few people in town, none of my like close friends, but for my 21st birthday, a couple people from school wanted to like go out and like take me out. And we went to the, and it's this like butthole little town called Santa Maria where there's just nothing to do. Nobody's there. There's no nightlife or anything. We were at this like not even cool enough to be a dive bar, just a boring bar that happened to have karaoke. And I'm there with a bunch of theater kids. And so they all go up to do karaoke and are fucking amazing. Like so entertaining, such great performers. I'm, you know, one weird pina colada type drink down and a shot. Not enough to feel anything a whole lot, but I guess enough to make me go do karaoke. And I picked a song that... I didn't know that there was this like other chorus to or like other verse to because I had only listened to it as a cover by a different band. And so I just didn't know the lyrics and it was in a different key than the cover. So I couldn't really sing it. I just did terrible. And then I went outside and sat on the curb and smoked cigarettes. I'm a, That's one of the reasons I don't really like alcohol is I am a sad drunk.
I've never really been like properly, properly drunk, which is surprising to some people because I like to do heroin. I have a history of heroin, really enjoying that good heroin, but I've never been like properly drunk. But the closest, if I get close to being drunk, I'm sad immediately. I'm out on a curb, I'm chain smoking, I'm like reading old text messages. It's bad. Yeah. Bad news bears. Yeah. It's not not how you want to see Jack. It's like a 50-50 shot with me if I'm going to be like happy or sad. It's a gamble, but... But it's worth it. But sometimes. High risk, high reward. Sometimes. It just depends. So that's my my sad karaoke story. What would I think now if I did karaoke, I would try to sing My Way by Frank Sinatra. I love that song. I could do it. Yeah. I could get there. Do you have one that you like could go like if you had to, what you would do? Karaoke? Yeah. Um, no, I don't. Come on. I I really don't. Think of something. I don't know. You have to think of something. I'm like, I'm trying. I can't think of any song. Is there a song I ever sing in the car and know all the lyrics to? I know the lyrics to like every song. Yeah, you know a lot of lyrics. Yeah, I don't know why I'm blanking on like what I would choose. I would have to like go through the charts and then yeah, because like, the lyrics it was. Lyrics are on the screen. I know, but it would have to be a song that I like. Could get really into, and I don't know. I'm not a yeah. karaoke person. Like no, me even either. there is not a level of drunk I can get to where I'm like, yeah, throw me on that stage. I'm just, I'm never that person. You always keep that. That that part of you always remains unfettered. It is always turned off. Yeah. yeah there's never. There's not a switch in me that, <laughs> that turns That can on. be flipped. <laughs> no. Our next caller is uh, named T. T said, hey, Izzy and Jack, my name is T and I love the pod. I was wondering what advice you'd give to a young person in terms of expressing yourself and what rules you live by. I just love your guys' platform, work, and style and wondered if there's any advice you'd give to a younger person like me. Thank you again. Love the pod. All the best. T. Hand heart emoji. Hand hearts back at you, T. You can't. I'm going to put the hand heart on the mic. Tap it against the mic. Do you think that's coming through at all? I, yeah, it looks like it is. All right. That was probably not great to listen to. <laughs> that's that's a hard question. What what do you think is the, like, because, you, you know. Well, when, it, when someone says, like, I'm a younger person looking for advice, like, how old are we talking here? Because, like, I have absolutely no advice. Teens. Yeah, that's late, what I'm saying. Late teens, I'm guessing. Like, even if I could go back in time and try to give my high school self advice, I like high school me would have no, like I would have taken none of that advice. Like I feel like part of growing up is just like be- becoming a little bit more comfortable yeah. with yourself yeah. and, and is, with your self expression. Yeah, and part of it is being sixteen and making decisions about your style that l- you hate later on. Yeah, but like, what was important was not the decision you made, but the fact that you made a decision. Yeah, I will like, say stuff. I because like me in high school, I was just very like awkward and shy, and like I <laughs> I dropped out of regular high school. I went to independent study. I had like three really close friends and we just did like hood ratchet and that mm-hmm. was it 
Uh, I didn't talk to a lot of people. I didn't even date until I was, like, 19 because I genuinely, like, thought I was asexual until I was, like, an adult. And so looking back, I do, like, I do wish that I try, like, that I had the courage to express myself the way that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Because, like, back then I would never would have, like, tried to be outside of the box because I didn't want people looking at me. Like, I didn't want to draw any attention towards me. And I wish that I had tried harder because I think that I would have been a little bit happier had mm-hmm. I been expressing myself the way that I wanted. Uh, besides that, I think it's just like really getting to know what kind of like things you're into and finding like outlets and groups of people or just like ways to express it in that way. Like I, when I was in high school, music was like my number one thing. And I ended up finding like most of my community through adulthood. Um from like the hardcore scene or just like Mm -hmm. music in general um and i think if i found that earlier i might have been more confident Mm. um but also you're like young it's not like you don't need to like find exactly what you're into when you're young it's just about exploring different things was there a period of time in your in your life where you think your style was bad like you look back and you're like that uh, that does not look that is not a serve the way i thought it was a serve um, I didn't really, like, branch out much. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at, like, middle school photos, and that was when I was, like, I was more confident in middle school than I was in high school, which is kind of funny. And so in middle school, I was, like, very into the idea of, like, emo and scene and, mm-hmm. like, pop punk. But I'm also Mexican, and my mom is Mexican, and so I wasn't allowed to, like, dye my hair or do my makeup or cut, like, the emo bangs, like, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So I couldn't really express myself that way. So I tried to do it in clothing, and I look back on some of my outfits from middle school. Like, I would wear, like, a yellow striped shirt with, like... A long sleeve black undershirt. That's, that's a that's that's a hit. <laughs> and I was that's like, I look sick as fuck. I'm I'm I still stand by that one. I think what I look back on and uh, cringe a little bit is in middle school. I was uh, I would I was pretending to be religious. <laughs> like in middle school, like I know, like obviously, like in middle school, everyone's like, I want to be different. I am different. But then I would notice that everyone was trying to be different in the exact same way. So they're all the same. And I'm like, so, okay, so I know I'll be different by going the opposite direction. I'll be, I'll be a good kid, but that doesn't act like you don't expect it. So I like pretended to be religious and I was like adamant that I never masturbated and had never masturbated, even though. It was middle. I'm a middle school boy. I'm going at it, and so I would wear there's there's I don't know maybe it was Pack Sun or maybe not, but there was this brand of like cool T-shirts that was like a Christian brand. It was called Not of This World N O T W, and so I had an N O T W shirt that was like it was red and it was the entire like Bible verse of John three sixteen just oh written God. out in like cool like edgy font on the front. And I thought that I like that was my favorite shirt. I was like, this is exactly what I'm going for. Like, cool kid, but like, I'm into God. But even then, I like completely wasn't religious. I was raised religious and I would like claim religious, yeah. but 100% was not into it. Didn't really have any sort of faith or anything like that. And then I think, uh, I think in high school, I, I, there was a period of time where I dressed like an old man. Like, I only wore chinos. And I only wore like white V-necks 
and then I would have, I still have the jacket now and I love, it's a great jacket, but I would wear it like every day and like button ups and like a newsboy cap. Is that the beatnik era jack? Kind of. Yeah. The, yeah, it was, it was <laughs> when I was reading on the road yeah. and starting to get into drugs mm-hmm. and being like, dude, I'm so sick right now. And I just dressed like an old man, like fucking with a, like collared shirts and everything, like way too many layers for how sweaty I was. Like I was miserably sweaty, but like insisted on dressing. Like I was like in London in January. It's so stupid. That's really funny. Even now there's some stuff that I look back on, like right before meeting you that I'm like, Ooh, I do not look good there where I was like, I don't know. There's some stuff that I'm like, I see what I liked about this. I see what I was going for. But now I look at it and I'm like, but this is just not good. And it's just like, it never really felt like I, I, I felt like I really wanted it to be my style, but it was like inauthentic because it just wasn't like, I never felt comfortable in the things I was trying to put on. I think I look back on my like clothing choices with that same perspective of like that it just like wasn't me and I was trying really hard for it to, to be feel and you could just tell like I like I knew I wasn't comfortable I didn't even like think I looked good in it but I thought it was like cool and I wanted to like yeah. people to perceive me this way yeah it's like when you want to be a hat guy but you just can't yeah type thing yeah yeah what? So I think so I think I mean the lesson from that is you know going for it um I think a big thing I would say to f- finding being able to have the freedom to find like your individual style is not thinking one thing means another thing. So like for my self-expression, I like to embrace both masculine and feminine things, traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine things. And so it's like, I'm going for androgyny, but not by, um, dismissing both ends of the spectrum of masculine and feminine, but including both ends of the masculine and feminine. And so it's like, I got to a place where I got to feel the most free and the most me and the most honest with my self-expression by not, by getting out of a place where I felt like the presence of masculinity, um, like, forbid the presence of femininity and vice versa like Mm -hmm. both can be true at the same time so like um oh my god there's a tiktoker named uh julian i think let me find his account because if you want to like work on and be inspired by like style and fashion this guy's a great follow uh his his account is called it's J U U L I A N dot C. Julian C. Julian spelled with two U's. He does DIYs and sewing stuff and style breakdowns and trend breakdowns. And he talks really well about the presence of trends and how to like view them, appreciate them, understand them, participate in them or not. Um, He's, he's a great follow and his insight into fashion and style and creating, specifically creating your own authentic style. Um, his content is great. So you should definitely check him out. He's what you, great. What exactly was their um, question again? It's just words mean? of advice to a young person trying to, you know, kind of figure out their own style. Their own that. style? Yeah. Oh, I was like, got it. And just kind of, I guess, their vibe. Got it. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's like so. Like, what are the keys to? For a to, second there, I was like, did they even ask about clothing? Like, 
<laughs> like what are like, it's hard. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, the bullet points that everyone's going to say are like not caring what other people think. And the only important thing to you being yeah, like, do I like this? Am I being honest with myself and with other, like, am I expressing my true self? And it's like, that's both of those things are very much so easier said than done. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what are the keys to that? You also notice too, is like the more that you like, I guess dress up is the only way I can explain that. The more that you dress up and, and try on new things, the easier it gets. Like mm-hmm. even now as an adult, when I'm trying like different styles, I feel so weird the first like time or yeah. or two times I do it until I'm like comfortable in the way that it is and then I'm just like oh I don't even know why I was like anxious wearing this skirt or this yeah. dress before because it's like so easy now yeah it's like it's just like practice yeah it's like I can to- I can look in the mirror and be like I like how all of this looks but I my body isn't physically accustomed to the sensation of these things on my body yet mm-hmm. so I feel uncomfortable in them So I, but even though I look at it, I'm like, this looks good. Or like, I know theoretically it looks good. Like I know if I put it on anyone else, like a perfect clone of myself, if I put it on anyone else, I'd be like, this looks good. But because I am also feeling the sensation of my body, not knowing, like not being used to the feeling of these clothes, I trick myself into thinking it doesn't look good when it does. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah, so it's like, put it on. Be around the house. Yeah. You don't have to go out and be uncomfortable. Yeah, Put exactly. it on, take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I don't do it on the weekends. Like, start trying out new styles, days yeah. where you don't have to see anybody or feel anxious about it. Just to like, Just start yourself. getting comfortable and like, seeing like, do I actually like this? And I think last thing is that um, learn how to alter clothes. I think that in the last like year has been like my biggest takeaway of like style and thrifting is I cannot believe that I went this long without knowing how to alter my own clothes. It's huge. There's so many things that I would have bought or would have felt more comfortable in had I known like just how to simply hand stitch or if I had a sewing machine just like easily alter something to make it more wearable. Yeah. It's a big one. And even and, and if you don't have the time or the skills to do that and you do have a little bit of like money to do it, take stuff to the tailor. Like I started taking stuff to a tailor. Amazing. Just make just take pants and you just like I can, I can make it so now these pants fit me. Yeah. To like they fit my body and it's not that expensive. Yeah. Like depend I guess depending on where you're going, but where I was going it was like to get a pair of pants like taken in where I want and hemmed where I want and the and the waistline and the thighs kind yeah. of the, just exactly the tightness and looseness that I want and all that like that would cost me like 25 bucks for my girl Norma and it does wonders for your accessibility to parts of your wardrobe that you would wear but they just don't fit quite right like the fit of something is such a big deal not only for how things look but how they feel on your body which in turn makes you feel better about actually wearing them. Yeah. T. Thanks. For. Colin. We'll. Call. You. Back. Even though we just did. Anyway, thank you. Bye. Our next caller is my little brother, and he hit us with with a couple, so we're going to try and burn through them. Trying to, get, trying to make sure Max gets his money's worth. He didn't pay. Trying to make sure we get to everything Max gave us. Going to do them all. Max asks us, 
Why are they called catnaps? If we asked cats, I bet they would tell us that dogs take quick naps too, like all the time. Should they just be called pet naps? Do fish and lizards take quick naps as well? It's a hard-hitting question. It's New York. That's Vice. That's what Vice used to be like. What do you think the answer is, Jack? I think I think there's a good I think there's a good argument for calling them pet naps. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely a good argument for that. Is there an like an I don't know an evolutionary reason that there's one way or the other? My initial thought around this, and I could be completely wrong, but my thought is. That specifically with dogs and cats, um, cats don't have the endurance to do like cross country. Like they're not mm-hmm. on like long excursions. They they need to rest and then hunt and then eat and then sleep and the cycle continues. Um, and so their naps are quicker and their hunting trips are quicker and their eating is quicker. And that's why cats have like you're supposed to feed a cat like ten times a day or whatever because. That's how their, like, natural instinct is, is to go out and hunt multiple times. And eat a little bit at a time. Yeah. Sporadically. And then sleep a lot in between. So shorter naps. So I think that's why it would be called a cat nap compared to a dog who... So cats do actually take more frequent shorter naps than dogs. And I think, you know, domesticated... Because canines are pack hunters. Yeah. And pack hunters wear down their prey. They don't ambush. Yeah. The same way, at least. Yeah. They kind of do ambushes, but it's like, but there's a bunch of us. Yeah. And running dogs were, down, running yeah. down this prey, circling them up. Yeah. But cats stalk. Mm-hmm. Cats stalk. And so they're lying in wait. They're not running out. They're trying to, they're not trying to catch up with you. They're trying to catch you off guard. Yeah. That's and so, so true. Uh, yeah, I think that. You're if, on it. You're on it, dude. If we're talking about that, maybe that's why it's called catnap. That makes sense. Um. But again, you know, could be completely wrong. I also don't think fish take small naps, Max. So there's the answer for that. Lizards, yes. I don't know if lizards are asleep when they're basking. I don't know. No, I don't think they are. I think they're like charging up, but I don't think they're asleep because if you... Snails hibernate. Some snails. That's a different question. (laughs) Snails hibernate? Some snails. Have you heard this thing that like hibernating isn't how we think it is? Like it's like a bear is not actually fully asleep for three months straight. Yeah. They're just asleep for a lot of the day for three months straight. Yeah. But they do get up and like, you know, do a little bit of stuff. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Illusion shattered. Yeah. It's kind of unfair that they would do that to us. I'm going to take bear naps, not cat naps. (laughs) long stretches of being unconscious just to get up and eat a little snack (laughs) a little snacky poo i mean do they eat when they're i don't think bears really eat when they're in hibernation i think but that's why they hibernate because it's during the months where food is more scarce yeah so so they they, they, like bulk up before hibernation and they burn off all that while they're on and off sleeping when they're awake they go out to you know drink some water and if they do get a little food it's okay that it's just a tiny bit because they're running off their fat reserves which like makes perfect sense makes a lot more sense than a bear sleeping for six months yeah if we gave it if we stopped to give it any fucking thought we'd be like there's got to be something else to this hibernation thing that doesn't sound quite right next question from max is do you and izzy think that you guys are slash were meant to be together that each life event you've been through and partner you've been with has set you up to be with one another this moment or is it just chance and character attributes that make you guys compatible We kind of talked about that a little bit. 
my big thing with this specific question and um you know disagree with me if you must uh is that i don't think everybody talks about fate of like fate brought us together um and fate is like what is meant to be and i think people really downplay the importance um of chance i think chance is like very special too (laughs) if chance brought us together if there was one in a million chance that we you know found each other and got together i think that's like pretty fucking great even if fate didn't bring us together people really downplay chance that was a chance the rapper joke what i just did (laughs) and i hate that i interrupted you to do that yeah i apologize that was stupid I see what you're saying. Like, yeah, I feel like fate is looking at the future from the past and chance is looking at the past from the future. Like fate is looking into the future. Chance is looking back. Yeah, I guess kind of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, but I, I get what you're saying. Like the, they're basically. And which one do you think made us happen? I don't know. Chance? I don't know. I, I think um, I think chance is pretty important. I yeah. feel like if I had to choose one, I would choose chance. I think that's. I, mean, I think that's pretty fucking cool. If you and I had met like two months later, there was there is a chance. <laughs> Put a bullet in my head, dude. Why did I feel the need to emphasize the word <laughs> chance like that? I think there's a chance that I would have already moved back to Brooklyn. Like yeah. before I met you, that was the plan was moving back to Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know. I th- I think I balk at the word fate. I think I balk at giving it this kind of meaning. Because like growing up, I really like railed against the idea that that god gave me my gifts like everything i was good at was a god-given gift and i'm like no actually i tried hard to be good at it yeah and i succeeded why is this guy getting all the credit so i think off the bat i don't like the idea that there's this force taking the ball out of my hands Mm -hmm. which is fate yeah yeah so i think i prefer i think i prefer prefer seeing the like poetry in chance yeah like i feel like a lot of people that are like all into fate are doing it because it's this like wonderful poetic thing Mm -hmm. but i think it's probably more fulfilling to look at chance as the wonderful poetic thing that's like exactly what i was saying yeah do you think there is like you know all the uh all the you know character attributes and things that have happened to us le- added up to the point where when we met it was kismet where we, when we met when we met it was a good time for us to meet for us to get along and become us and spend the rest of our lives together from my side absolutely yeah um like yeah 100% and that's what like i get i don't but then you made a good point i was, I was about to say that the chance that all these things happened to me led me to this like situation where I was like meeting Jack was like, oh my God, he's like the person that I'm supposed to be with, whatever. So like the chance that it happened is fate. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I don't have an answer. Um, but but what yeah. I, what I was going to ask was, do you think that there was a time in that timeline of things adding up to us meeting and it working out? Do you think there's a point in that timeline where if it, if we had met, too early it wouldn't have worked out yeah i do which like sucks but i still feel like like if i had met you when i was like 21 i don't think that we would you know be in the situation we're in now because like i think at 21 we were both kind of like shitheads Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I don't think that we would have <laughs> yeah. been at this spot. Um, and, and for so, a big chunk of my life, if you had met me, I would have been like, sorry, you're not allowed to date me. I'm busy heroining. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. when I was doing heroin, no, dating was not an option. Yeah. No one gets to get near my body. I am disgusting. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It feels like we met like as early as we possibly could have. Yeah. Like if we like had met by later, a few months. <laughs> like if we had met later, it would have worked, and later it would have worked, and later it would have worked. But yeah. like a little bit too early, and it would have been less likely for it to work out. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is fake. I'm going to say chance because I just like that idea better. I do too. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever makes you feel better about where you are in life. Yeah. Max's third question. Best parked car moment conversation you've ever had, excluding hookups. I don't have an answer for this one. You can't remember one moment in a park. No, I know that I've had a lot of really good park. Like, this is a fantastic question. This is a really good Max question. Um, but I can't like remember any. And honestly, if I did remember them, I probably wouldn't talk about them on the podcast. And why is that? Because I I'm assuming that they were like really like wholehearted and deep, intimate, like yeah, intimate conversations. I know that I've had a lot of conversations with my friend Kendall. Mm-hmm. And I know I've had a lot of car conversations with my friend Caden, and I've had a lot of conversations with Chloe. Like my three current like closest friends, those are the people that I've had. Like, my, like, biggest car conversations with. And honestly, Caden is probably the one that I've had the most with. Um, but I, I could not for the life of me think of one where I'm like, oh, this, that was, that was a, that was a good one. Yeah. But in the, in the so moment, abundant. yeah, in the moment, they were, like, really important. Yeah. Like, it was, you know, what I needed then, but apparently <laughs> not important enough to remember now. Don't log them away. Which kind of, like, is nice to think about. Like, things that, like... And maybe I was, like, super anxious about it or just so important to me when I was 19, 20. Like, mean nothing. <laughs> or kind of even fade away. Into, yeah, like, it's just like... It, they become less art on the walls that you see every day and more, like, the studs in the walls that keep the building up. Yeah. I think for me, what comes to my mind is uh, there is this game me and Megan played literally one day. We never played this game again. And it had all these different rules and stuff, but we played it for like hours and hours. Like we played it for an entire day. We, we were like waiting on like a drug dealer or we were waiting like on our other friend to be free or something. But we were parked at this in this like little like corner parking lot thing that is like right on the corner of this like four street intersection. And so we this game was called Banana. And I don't know why, but it was basically like when different things entered our eye line from where we could see cars, animals, people, dog, like people walking dogs, people walking kids, multiple people, like squirrels, a leaf falling from a tree, like every little thing that could change about this picture of this intersection we were looking at had a name for what it was. And you had to be the first one to call out that name. And, you, and if you beat them to the punch, you would get a point. And so by the end, I forget who won, but the scores were like 250 to 300, like these hu- like huge numbers. We just played for hours just shouting out, banana, cherries, split. Oh, yeah, and it was like you'd say banana when a car 
when a car entered our field of view and you would say split when the car left your field of view. But it's something about it. We were just like crying. We were very, very high on marijuana. We were just crying, laughing about how fun this stupid little game was. That's cute. For like six hours. It was really long. <laughs> high for six hours. Yeah. I mean, we kept it. We kept, we kept it going. Oh God. That's, <laughs> that's cute. I was during my stoner phase. <laughs> or at least when I was still smoking weed. Short-lived? Way back in. No, I mean, I started smoking weed in like when I was like, for the first time in third, when I was 13, I smoked weed for the first time. And then I smoked weed pretty regularly up until, up until I was like 18 years old, 19 yeah. years old is when I kind of stopped. Cause I just noticed that like every time I got high, my favorite part of being high was knowing that I would later on not be high anymore. Yeah. I hated, I hated, I, I tried so hard to like weed. Throughout high school, I did so I hard. Did, I did like it for a period of time, but it also was like I only liked it around certain people. Like I would, yeah, I would smoke around um, my like my friends, other friends. Like they weren't really my friends, but we had a mutual friend, so I'd be hanging out with all of them, and they were like, they were like bros, but they were like pseudo spiritual bros, but they were still really broy and like. They would like be like exclude you while hanging out with you in all these different weird ways. They were like mean girls. Yeah. Like the mean girls, but in the body, but as bros that were like, but not like football jockey bros. They were like smoking weed and being into like energy and astrology bro and nature bros, but mean girls. They were the weirdest like combination of like aesthetics and communities and like archetype of person yeah. all combined to be just like the perfect storm of making high school high school jack feel like worthless and unwanted <laughs> oh i remember there's one time we were all hanging out and i brought because we would all play super smash brothers uh on n64 and uh this other super smash brothers game called project m had come out and I was talking about it so much because it was it's awesome. I love that game. It might be my favorite Super Smash Brothers. Um, and I brought it for us all to play. And it's a game that you play on the Wii. And I remembered all the little pieces, but I forgot the sensor bar for the Wii. So we couldn't play it. And they spent so much time telling me how bad I fucked up by forgetting that. And I'm like... We're in this great house. We have all these other video games. We've got a bunch of weed. We're doing all this stuff. There's one activity that we can't do right now. And you're spent and like they spent so much time throughout the night. There would be a lull and they'd be like, man, they'd bring it back up and mention how bad I fucked up by forgetting that. And I that was like the night that I was like, I do not want to be around these fucking people. Like they are putting so much effort into making me feel bad and dwelling on like one negative thing on an otherwise great night. Yeah. And I was just high out of my mind as well at the same time. So not great. I think also like, especially in high school, it's so easy to just do that. I don't know. Like one person fucks up and the rest of the night is like, fuck you, Gavin. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) Just easy. If we have a listener named Gavin, I'm sorry that, but I know I'm, I'm talking directly to you, Gavin. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you, Gavin? (laughs) I know you fucked up. <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> Thanks for calling, Max. I'll uh, see you. I'll see you in person soon because you are my blood-related brother. Goodbye.
Our next caller says, Hey, I'm Ash, smiley face emoticon. Just heard your first episode while driving back to college. 3.5 hour drive, crying emoji. And I loved it. As for my question, well, first off, thank you, Asher. As for my question, I wonder if you guys had any advice on how to not be bored while keeping your peace. I turned 20 in November and left a shitty relationship in September, and even though I'm happier, I still sometimes get bored from the stability in my life. Anything helps, and I hope you're all having a good day. And then the emoticon smiley face that instead of a parenthesis for the smile, it's a D, so it's like an open mouth big smile. Oh, that's good. I'm doing it back to you, Asher, right now. Can you hear? Tap your teeth against I, I tried to do an audible smile. <laughs> I think you succeeded. Nah, it's pretty, it sounds pretty wet. Asher. Ash. Do you have any? I think uh, off the bat, it's like, are you really bored? Or are you still in the, is your body still in the habit of mistaking chaos for entertainment? Or like yeah. mistaking like contentedness for boredom? Yeah. It's like. You know what I mean? Where it's like to survive a difficult situation where there's a lot of things happening that are that are harmful, you know, a harmful situation like that. Part of you has to convince yourself even subconsciously that you like it or even subconsciously that you're like, at least it's fun or at least it's good stories. But at the end, but like, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, so you there's a chance maybe you're still convinced of that. Yeah. And that it'll take some time to realize, oh, I actually really don't. I'm actually not bored. Yeah. I just am not used to peace, like she yeah. said. Well, and it's not like only that, but she mentioned leaving a shitty, shitty relationship. And um, it's literally like the dopamine rushes of being in an, a shitty relationship or an abusive relationship where there is the highs and lows. Mm -hmm. It becomes an addiction. And yeah. so as soon as you leave it, you like crave that chaos and you start – like, if you enter a new relationship, you might start trying to, like, entice that into yeah. this new one because your body's literally craving the chaos. And if you aren't getting it, you feel like something's wrong. Like, yeah. oh, this relationship isn't good because I don't feel that, that high. Yeah. And those peaks, those peaks and valleys become shallower. Mm -hmm. And so it starts to feel like a straight line, but it's not. Yeah. It's just the contrast isn't so big. Yeah. And you're so used to big ones that – Anything in that middle range, you can't really, like, detect. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, when me and you first started dating, we, <laughs> we had conversations about that um, because I had left, like, an abusive relationship where I was so – for, like – it wasn't even my first one. It was, like, my third one. <laughs> like, back to back of, like, these highs and lows over and over for years where I entered a relationship that was, like, healthy – my brain just fully did not understand what to do with it. It yeah. was like, and I like, you've never said this to me, but like, I think I noticed and can look back on the fact that like, I would not even mean to, but try to like start things or, or not like fights, but I would just try to create more chaos in our relationship than like was ever, ever needed. Because my brain was like, this is what needs to happen in a relationship. Yeah, this, is the, this, this is the logical next step. Yeah. We're getting pretty serious. We better start fighting. <laughs> we got to start fucking punching each other. Yeah. Um, and so, like, once you start to recognize that and realize that, it's almost like you're, like, withdrawing from something of, 
I have to recognize that I am in a healthy space right now. Yeah, my mind. And sometimes healthy is boring. Like that's not that's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a bad thing to sometimes like just like not know what to do with yourself. And it become it, it, and you'll it, start it can to become not boring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like, I say boring because when I was first in our relationship, like I forgot like what my hobbies were. I forgot what I liked to do outside of relationships, and mm-hmm. so I felt bored because I didn't know what to do with like myself. It wasn't that I was bored in our relationship. And it wasn't until like months went by where I started like remembering like, oh, I have like my own brain and I started finding things that I wanted to do again and and just finding like meaning in my own life, which mm-hmm. I didn't fucking have before. Yeah. Um, because and- there was space to put meaning elsewhere besides the relationship you were in yeah you know what I mean? it was so draining and exhausting every single like part of my body was put into <laughs> trying to like keep a relationship together before yeah. and then once i didn't have to do that anymore my brain was just like shut down of like well you gotta die then <laughs> <laughs> the the way i relate to this kind of situation is is from getting clean mm-hmm. um and like it's a similar thing to like once like post rehab up until like um you know like my uh kind of breakdown and suicide attempt like i was a zombie like I, I, after getting out of you know being a heavy heroin and fentanyl user like coming back from rehab like i didn't feel a thing i had like no emotions i was boring and bored and gray and sad and just a zombie i just didn't do anything i was kind of a like i not i wasn't an alcoholic i was a drug addict but this term i was kind of a dry drunk where it's like okay well the substances are gone but your thought processes are still very much the thought processes of someone in that in that lifestyle being an addict being a you know being in that chaotic harmful place um and i just I was I was really bored. I would I wouldn't do anything. I would sit. On, I feel like I said this in our last episode that yeah. I would sit on my phone until work, and then I would go to work and I come home and I'd sit on my phone until I fell asleep and I wake up and I'd sit on my phone until work. I just didn't do anything. And so that's kind of how I relate to it. It's I'm trying to think of like how I became how it changed when my life now became t- a thousand times more fulfilling and I think- not boring than my life when I was using. Like, my life when I was using was was boring. I know it's like there's, like, you know, the like kind of what we're talking about, like the chaos that is quote-unquote exciting. But at the end of the day, like, that, it, it, it's it's like a, a grind. It's like a slog. Because to compartmentalize these terrible things enough to get through them, you kind of have to block them out. So then you're not actually engaging, like you're not fully aware, you're kind of muting certain parts of your thought processes to be able to accept this difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of mindless, you're kind of a zombie. And so even though it felt exciting or chaotic, or whatever it is, there is a part of it that was boring. Do you know what I mean by this? Yeah. Um, And so now that you're out of it, it's like, 
I don't even know where the I don't know even know where the end of my point was. So you talk now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that all made sense. I know, but it was on its way somewhere, but I don't know where it was. Yeah, well, yeah. I think there's also like this, um, like social media kind of presence of like, it's like really cool to be in like a shitty relationship because of like the Lana Del Rey like yeah. ride or die highs and lows, um, which is like cool when you're like nineteen, twenty, twenty, yeah. twenty one even. And this writer sure. is twenty. Yeah, but um you're young. Yeah, you you are young and also it gets old so fucking quick. Yeah. Like it get, it gets old so fast. You're just like this is this was fun for like a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> for a little Airbnb. Yeah, but this is this is no longer fun. This is not something I want to be doing when I'm 25. Yeah. Like it's just having yeah. having true agency over your life is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Is incredibly exciting. And it gets to it like you don't even realize it, but it gets to a point where like the decisions you're making, the path you're on, and how you feel every day are completely your own. That is so much more exciting because before now, these things weren't your own. They were lorded over and controlled and stifled and contorted into these crazy shapes that your life was in by this external force of negativity and chaos and abuse. Um, and so you were kind of, you're kind of railroaded in those situations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You're kind of put on this path that feels chaotic, but is very highly constrained mm -hmm. to just this one way of life. Um, and so when you're out of that, it feels boring because it's not as, those you know peaks and valleys but it, at the end of the day like it's gets it you will come to a place where it is more exciting because it is true freedom like it is you being your true self living your true life mtv <laughs> no true life the real world true life is true life a mtv reality show yeah right true life the real world. The real world is its own show. Okay, but True Life is also one. Yeah. Okay. True Life, MTV. Anyway, um, I'm trying to think of like what my tip is. So they they asked for tips. Yeah, any, on, any on advice. Not being bored. I think a a good way to find the things that are part of you keeping your peace that are exciting are thinking about what was missing from your old life. What did you wish you had that you couldn't have that now you can have and kind of retroactively fulfill that empty part of you in the past? Kind of like when you grow, like, you know, it's like a rough childhood and you grow up and you get yourself the, the stuff you always wanted as a kid. Like mm -hmm. you fulfill those those dreams or those, uh, you know, fantasies you had as a child, as an adult and kind of heal your inner child retroactively. Doing some work, like doing some stuff like that to kind of take the mindset you had when you were in the bad place connect to it and take and fulfill the stuff like the positive stuff that was missing you know what i mean yeah where it's like you're connecting to that place that you feel disconnected from so that you don't feel this huge contrast but you do it in a way that makes it so you can easily be present in this new 
more peaceful way of life without getting bored. Yeah. Because it's connected. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I hope it did. I really hope it did make sense, Ash. I, ho- I hope we – it's so funny how often we – we'll keep going. We'll talk and talk. I and know. then we go, God, I hope that helped, Ash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I really hope that was good. Yeah. If not, sorry, you can write us in again angrily and yell at us for how unhelpful we are. Yeah. But thanks for calling. Love you. Bye. Do you want to talk about prompts? Uh, yeah. I think if anybody wants to write in and share their embarrassing stories, um, that would be fun. We'd get a kick out of that. Dreams, um, dreams you want deciphered. Oh, yeah. If you had some wacky dreams that you don't quite understand. What's the word for dream deciphering? I feel like there's a word. Interpretation. No, but like a, like um, like how uh, cardiology is like the medicine of like hearts. Like what's the word for interpreting dreams? I don't know. Dreamologist? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll figure it there out. It probably is a word for it, but embarrassing stories wacky dreams we could uh we're maybe still calling for spooky stories we we didn't get many uh this time around so we're still we're still holding out hope that we'll get some yeah like if you have a history of family like ghost stories like Ooh. something crazy happens in your house or like yeah, spooky season's you know, over so something weird something scary that's happening like maybe you almost got abducted as a child oh boy Tell jesus fucking it. christ <laughs> Just kidding. Well, no, she's not. <laughs> Those are just ideas. It's just ideas. Yeah, you don't have to. Thanks for listening, you all. Happy Love New you. Year. Yeah, that too. Thank you for listening to We Will Call You Back. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button now or select from the following menu items. To like the show, press 1 or hit the like button. To subscribe, press 2 or hit the subscribe button. To submit your question to the show, hang up and direct message us at We Will Call You Back on Instagram. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>